Welcome to Pathway to Faith Podcast, the media ministry of Harvest Church International Outreach, where we elevate and nurture families through the Word of God. We are so glad that you are here and believe that God will change your life through today's message. Let's listen. Nugget number one, please. I'm ready. I got 32 minutes. Ready? Read. Read it again. (laughs) So if you're depressed, you're not praising. If you're discouraged tonight, you're not praising. You're looking at situations and you're allowing that thing to become bigger in your mind than the God that you serve. Read it again. Praise creates. Stop right there. You're going too fast. Praise creates. Now, we're not getting to what it creates. We just, we know this, that praise creates something. And what does it create? It creates internal, praise will force you to be excited about God. Praising God will force you to forget about what you're facing and what you're going through. And while you forget about what you're going through and what you're facing and praising God, God takes that situation and turn it around to work together for your good. While you got your heart and mind fixed on God, God's got his heart and mind fixed on what you're facing. Could God. Nugget number two, please. Sound like you believe it. Say it like you believe it. Say it like you do it sometimes. You must praise him. You don't have time to be discouraged. If you're discouraged, you're looking at the wrong thing. And God has not brought you this far for you to fall on your face. Some of you are in Kansas City, and God called you out of other cities. He didn't call you to Kansas City for you to drown. Some of you have paid a price, born and raised in Kansas City. The pressure you've received for even being in a ministry like this from your own family. But you better hear me today. They can put all the pressure they want on you. God has not brought you here for you to fail, for you to stumble, or to come to nothing. That your naysayers will say one day, I told you. And when God blow you up, don't expect them to say anything. The reason they're not going to say anything, because they didn't expect it to happen. And many of them won't be happy that it happened. But if God said it, if God said it, anybody here, God says something to you? It hasn't manifested yet, but God said it to you? Is there anybody here, God says something to you? but it hasn't manifested yet, but God said it to you. Well, if God said it to you, don't let anybody talk you out of it. Because if God said it, now make sure God said it. (laughs) Come on now, make sure God said it. 
You don't want to be fighting over something that God, you thought God said and he didn't say it. But when you know that God said it, you don't let anybody talk you out of it, including your pastor. Now that's somebody said, that's strong. But I know if you won't let me talk you out of it, you won't let a stranger talk you out of it. When you know God said something to you, you don't let anybody talk that out of you. I know what God told me. Good God of mercy. He told me when I was a little boy sitting on the steps in a shack. And there's a lot of things he told me has already come to pass. Some of it haven't happened yet, but it's coming. I see it. Nugget number three. He is worthy of your praise and honor. Would you touch somebody and tell them, say, the Lord God is worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. He is worthy of your praise and your honor. He's worthy. Nugget number four. He is your advisor, your counselor, and he is your solution. Good God of mercy. He is your advisor. That means you don't sign a contract without talking to him. You don't go into a negotiation without taking him. You don't say yes to something without consulting him. You don't say no to something without consulting him. He is your advisor. You don't marry somebody without consulting him. He is your advisor. He is your counselor. He is your solution to every problem you'll ever face in this life. He is your solution. But I want to preach Moses' message now about who should I say sent me. And God said to Moses, tell him, come on Bible student, tell him what? Tell him I am. Tell him I am sent you. Because God will still be, could God of mercy. If God told Moses what his name was and what it consists of, God would still be talking to Moses, telling him who he is. So God cut through the chase and said, tell him I am. Ooh, Jesus. I am what? I am whatever you need. I am whatever you call me. Good God of mercy. He says, I am whatever you call me. What are you calling God today? He said, if you call me healer, I'll heal you. If you call me deliverer, I'll deliver. I am whatever you call me. What are you calling him tonight? God says, I am whatever you call me. You call me Waymaker, I'll make a way for you. You call me Debt Cancellator, I'll cancel, good God of mercy, I'll cancel your debt. I am whatever you call me. Jesus, what are you calling him tonight? Come on, stand to your feet. Go to three people and say, what are you worried about?
What are you worried about? What is it that God can't do? What is it that God can't do? Selah, what is it God can't do? Andrea, what is it that God can't do? Somebody tell me. Michael, what is it that God can't do? What is it? What is it? Principal Williams, what is it God can't do? Philadelphia, Mississippi, what is it that God can't do? What is it? Come on, I'm not going any further. Somebody tell me, what is it that God can't do? He holds the whole universe in his hand. What is it he can't do? He called dead folk back to life. What is it he can't do? He opened blind eyes. What is it he can't do? He is to you whatever you're calling him. And if you're discouraged tonight, it's clear you're not calling him the right thing. Because he said, if you call me, good God of mercy, mm -hmm. you won't get a busy signal. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't make any difference if your Wi-Fi don't work. Please, please have a seat. <laughs> Nugget number five, please. Question to the E-Church. What would your day be like starting tomorrow that no matter what comes or goes, you always give God praise and give him thanks. If we always give God praise and thanks, how many opportunities would we have to fuss and to murmur and to complain? How discouraged could we get when we're always giving God praise and thanksgiving. Where would there be room in our souls for anything else other than thanking God? Where would we have room to always be looking at the negative and the short end of other people? If we were always giving God praise and thanksgiving. How many marriages would be instantly healed right now if we would stop magnifying the shortcomings in our spouses because we don't have time. Why? Because we're always giving God praise. I know we got some things that we need to work out, but I remember when I used to praise God and thank God before you showed up. And now that you've showed up, I'm not going to waste my time murmuring and complaining that you're here because you're not perfect. Because I'm not perfect either. But I do remember when I used to praise God and I used to worship God and I used to praise him in advance that one day you would show up and I didn't even know who you were. 
But now that you're here, we're not going to waste time in the house murmuring and complaining about each other. Because if the God we serve was big enough to miraculously bring us together, he is big enough and miraculous enough and powerful enough to work out our situation if we'll praise him and magnify him and give him thanks for all things. Preach, boy, preach. Mm. So let's, 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 uh, let's, let's back up to Psalms 34. Psalms 34. Minister Chudney Jimerson's favorite passage of scripture, if she'll let us borrow it tonight. Because I believe that God is no respecter person. And if she could dance and praise God with nothing and it opened the door for her to have what she have today, what would God do if I do the same? Because what he's done for one, he's willing to do for another. I wonder what would happen if I would praise him at all times. If I would give thanks at all times. I wonder, what, I wonder what God would do for me. Who, Jesus. Anybody going to praise him? <laughs> Watch this. Are you in Psalms 34? Now notice, again, ready, read. I will. Now, th- this occasion uh, for this psalm when, when this psalm was written, King Saul was after David to kill him. And David was hiding in one cave after another cave. Get, get, get the backdrop, get the context. That he is saying, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praises shall continually. What does continually mean? That means it doesn't stop. Continually be in my mouth. And he is saying this in the midst of King Saul uh, uh, putting forth a decree to have David killed. And David is running. From King Saul, because King Saul wants him dead. See, you have to be careful when people start praising you. King Saul killed his thousands. But David, come on, talk to me. (laughs) King Saul has killed his, but David and the king heard it. And the king got jealous. The king got envious, and the king wanted him dead, and David took off running. Are you seeing this? Now, David did survive the caves, and David did survive the wilderness, but he did grow weary. Are you listening to me? Help me now, Holy Ghost. You see, when you're waiting on God for something to come to pass, 
It does not mean you won't experience weariness. But just because you're weary, that don't stop you from praising. It doesn't stop you from watching television. Help me, Holy Ghost. Come on now. So just because you grow weary, you shouldn't stop praising God. And when you're waiting on God, hear me now, sometimes you can get weak in your faith. I thought this was a church that told the truth. Oh, the wrong section? Oh, it's over here? Okay. Yeah. Sometimes you've heard from God. You're waiting on God, but your faith can get weak. If we don't have time, well, let's go to 1 Samuel. I'll, I'll just do a little bit of it. 1 Samuel 21. 1 Samuel 21, and you're going to see something. 1 Samuel 21, look at verse 10. If you're there, say amen. To our E-Church, I can't hear you. Say amen, E-Church. Say it loud. Okay, thank you. Then David arose and fled that day from before Saul. And he went to Asher, the king of Gath. And he went to, how do you pronounce it? Because some of you got funny over the way I pronounced it. Ready? Read. <laughs> you know, insecure people is always looking for you to make a mistake. Look at verse number 11. And the servant of Asher said to him, is this not David? Now, David done fled. Where is he at? He's in Gath. And the king said, uh, uh, is this not David, the king of the land? You got a good Bible that has a question mark. Did they not sing? Did they not sing of him to one another in dances, saying, Saul has slain? Come on. And David, now David took these words to heart because the king of Gath is really plotting to destroy him. In other words, like, what is he doing here? Isn't this the same guy they were singing about? So, so why, is he, why is he in my country? Why is he out here in liberty when he live in Grandview? That brought it home to you, didn't it? Now David took these words to heart and was very much afraid of Asher, the king of Gath. So he changed his behavior before then. Are you listening to me? So it's, now you're going to understand Psalms 34.1 when he said, I will bless the Lord because he's really repenting. He's repenting for being in Gath because the king of Gath was going to kill him. And David got afraid. And so rather than, than uh, allowing the for David to give an opportunity to God to deliver him, read your Bible when you get home. David started acting like a crazy man. Oh, 
Oh, and started slobbering and foaming at the mouth. And so the king of Gaza said, this Negro's crazy. And why did y'all bring him to me? And I don't want him in my house. So he opened the door for David to be released. And so David ran off. And from that experience, you get Psalms 34, verse 1. Because now he realized instead of acting like a crazy man when he was in trouble, he should have been a praising man. And so instead of you showing off in the supermarket or acting up on the job or telling somebody off, I know what Pastor House said, but let's be God. I'm going to give them at least a piece of my mind, not all of it. <laughs> Anybody ever gave somebody a piece? Yeah, not all of it, just, just a piece. Just enough so you could sleep at night. I told them a piece. And they got upset. I'm tell you, they couldn't have handled it if I'd have told them everything I wanted to say. Thank God I was at church Wednesday night. I heard what Pastor said, but I had to give them a piece. Now, now. Now, let, 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 let's, let, let, did, I, did I finish? He said, why have you brought him to me? Have I need of a madman that you have brought this fellow to play the madman in my presence? Shall this fellow come into my house? So rather than David being in a bad situation and trusting God to get him out, he yielded to the flesh. And I'm not throwing stones at David. Because I've done it too. I just didn't foam at the mouth. But I did act like a madman. I wanted them to think I was crazy. <laughs> so I'm not the only one in here, all right, young. Mm -hmm. I wanted a whole division. To know, don't mess with me. Because I am liable to go off. Are you listening to me? Because I'm really not trusting God to get you off of my back. For the battle is the Lord's. Vengeance is mine, saith God. All I've called you to do is just walk in love. Why? Because love always wins. Is this blessing anybody today? Now let's go back to Psalms 34. Hopefully I've given you something that will help you to understand Psalms 34. Psalms 34, let's look at it again. Psalms 34. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praises shall continually be in my mouth. 
Hopefully I'm talking to somebody. I pray to God somebody is in here saved enough to do this. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Harvest Church, where Jesus is Lord, oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt. Could God have mercy. Front row, back row, Harvest Church, where Jesus is Lord, oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us, let us tell three people, let us, let us, let us. Let us exalt his name. Let us exalt his name together. Let's stop murmuring. Let's stop complaining. And for the sake of the kingdom, let's stop talking about one another. And quit giving an ear to somebody who's running your brother or your sister down. If they don't have anything good to say about the person that they're talking about, stop giving them an audience. Let us exalt his name, not individually, but corporately. So when we come to church like this, we should be exalting the name of the Lord. I believe with all my heart, and Harvest Church is no different. We don't praise God nearly enough in a church service. Are you listening to me? I'm not talking about singing. I'm not even talking about preaching. I'm talking about just standing flat-footed and everybody in the house is grateful and open up their mouths and just give God praise for his goodness, for what he's done in and through his life, their lives, and we don't do it enough. We don't do it nearly enough. We're always waiting on a song to move us. We're always waiting on the praise team. Sometimes the praise team need us to lift them up. I mean, out of 52 Sundays a week, we can give them one. Please be seated. Who, Jesus? Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he heard me and delivered me from my fears. They looked to him and were radiant, and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man, Steve Howe, cried out, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all of his trouble. The angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him and delivers them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Oh, fear the Lord, ye his saints. There is no want. There is no want. There is no want. There is no want. There is no want to those who fear him. The young lion lacks and suffers hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any.
Good God of mercy. Good God of mercy. Good God of mercy. But those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. As a matter of fact, those who seek the Lord, God promised that goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. Now, please, look quickly. Jesus is our prime example about this being thankful. Go to Matthew chapter 11. Matthew, sound like somebody's getting grateful and thankful in here. When you start praising God, whatever you're facing, it gets smaller and smaller and smaller. After a while, you need somebody else to tell you Amen. Where it is, you need a magnifying glass. And Jesus sets an example of what I've shared with you tonight. Are you in Matthew 11? Look at verse number 25, I believe. At that time, Jesus answered and said, I thank you, Father. Now, if Jesus is thanking the Father, what's wrong with you not thanking God? No, no. If Jesus needs to thank the Father, how much more you and I need to be thankful? Let, let me just read it on. He said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and prudent and have revealed them to the babies. Let's, let's, let's move to something else. Go to chapter 26. We see where Jesus is thanking the Father. Why is he thanking the Father? Why is he thanking the Father, Mother? He's thanking the Father because he's remaining thankful. He's thanking the Father because he's remaining, talk to me, thankful. Look at Matthew 26 and look at verse 27. Familiar passage of scripture. Perhaps we're going to have communion this coming Sunday if the Lord says the same. But look at verse 27. Then he took the cup. Come on. And he what? Why is Jesus our prime supreme example? Why is he always giving thanks? He's always giving thanks because he's always remaining thankful. And when you're thankful, you don't have time to be ungrateful. You see, ungrateful people don't say thanks. If you don't believe me, give them something and wait for a response. They won't 
respond to you out of a thankful heart. They'll respond to you out of a, a disposition of, of entitlement. And this is a little hard for children sometimes, but it's the truth. Be, because, because your kids, because you're good parents, but what your kids don't know is that not every parent is like you. Help me, Holy Ghost. You see, the challenge with your children is that they don't understand that every parent is not like you. You see, there's some parents who didn't want their children. And you kept yours. There's some parents who kept the children, but they don't take care of them. There's some parents who gave their children up for adoption or let grandma raise them or auntie raise them or the neighborhood raise them. There's some kids who, who never experienced a parent buying them a new pair of shoes. And you buy your kids something every payday. There are some kids who would just be grateful to have a new pair of shoes. Your children want designer shoes. There are some kids who would just be happy to get a new pair of tennis shoes. Your kids don't want them unless they're Nikes. I ain't wearing these. And you're almost killing yourself trying to accommodate your children's ungratefulness. Your children don't have a clue as to what you are sacrificing. Just to give them what they need. And it's hard for them to appreciate what you're doing because they don't know kids who parents don't give a darn. And some of us are in this edifice today not because of parents, but because somebody else took up the mantle and saw you walking in the neighborhood and gave you food and gave you clothes and rode you to the school and bought you some things that you needed. Some teacher with compassion gave you school supplies. That's why I wouldn't take my life's journey for nothing. I wouldn't exchange it with you for one minute because if one thing my journey created in me, and that is a strong capacity to be thankful for anything, I'm still glad when I can open my refrigerator and have food on the inside. I'm excited that this Bible study, when it gets over, I'm going somewhere to get something to eat. Because I'm hungry right now. But it's a joy to me. You don't understand what I'm saying. 
You don't understand what I say. It's a joy to know that when I get the benediction, that I don't have to scrounge around collecting milk bottles or water jugs or go in the store and wait for the owner to turn his back or her back and borrow something, some Vienna sausage or sardines and crackers that I can pay for it now. I can buy every can on the shelf. You better help me shout, I'm telling you. For the Lord is good. And listen, that may not be my testimony, but you got one. Stand to your feet. Go to three people and tell them, you better start testifying. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Listen, listen, listen. Go to somebody you like. Boy, I'm starting trouble now. Man. Okay. All right. Go, go to somebody you like. And then look around at the looks you're going to be getting. Because they thought you liked them. No, no, don't do that. Just go to somebody. And say, before the week is out, I command you in the name of Jesus that God is going to send somebody across your path. And you're going to have to testify, testify, testify of the goodness of God in your life. That's your assignment. That's your assignment. I don't want to see you again without you fulfilling that assignment. The reason I've said that, Minister Jones, is because I was on my face and I've already asked God to send somebody by your path. And so I know God heard my petition. And I didn't ask you to come off in front of him like you're theologically heavy. I didn't tell you to preach out of Genesis. I didn't tell you to preach out of Matthew. I didn't tell you to preach out Ecclesiastes. I didn't tell you to preach out Ezekiel. I didn't tell you to preach out of Revelation. I didn't tell you to preach out of 1st, 2nd, 3rd John. I didn't tell you to preach out of 1st and 2nd Peter. I didn't tell you to preach out of Galatians. I didn't tell you to preach out of Colossians. I didn't tell you to preach out of Ephesians. I didn't tell you to preach out of 1st, 2nd Timothy. I didn't tell you to preach out of Titus. I told you to testify. That you tell somebody what the Lord has done for you. And I believe when you tell somebody of all of the goodness that God has bestowed on your life, they're going to want your God. They're going to want your God. They're going to say, if God can do what he's done for you, then I got a chance to make it. Please have a seat. Let's close this out now. Now let's go to Psalms. In your study time, I want you to read Psalms 18, 49. And I want you to read Psalms 30, verse 12. But, but we have to look at this one, Psalm 69. Psalm 69. Am I out of time? My time is gone. 
Yes, sir. You, you, you got to see this. Because once, you, look up here at me. Once you see this, you're never going to come through the church doors the way you came tonight. You're never going to get all of what God has for you to walk through those doors with the wrong attitude. Because God has laid out the blueprint on how you come in. So I'm serving notice again, there is no more small talking in this edifice. And I don't want anybody on their phone doing business. And when you all come for choir practice, you all practice and no foolishness. This place has been set apart and consecrated that this is a place, a room that we have designated. When we come here, we're expecting to have a rendezvous with God. Now, now, don't get upset with me because you got over 10 acres outside of these walls. You got a hallway that you can do a 100-yard dash and don't bump into anybody. So all I'm telling you is to take your important conversations out into that hallway if it doesn't pertain to the kingdom. Nothing wrong with you talking. Nothing wrong with you doing, you know, what you have to do. I'm just asking you to respect this space. To respect this space. That every time we come into this space, we're expect expecting miracles, signs, and wonders. And we can't expect miracles, signs, and wonders when we come in with the wrong attitude. Some of you walk in, sit down, and just go to small talking. Usher standing up, just running their mouths while people coming in, walking by them. Let's get back to honoring, not worshiping, but honoring this space. Are you listening to me? And after every service, if you have a need, that you need prayer for. Because there are times when you need prayer. We have capable ministers who will meet you to the side by this prayer. prayer. You, you, you see that prayer rail? Some of you don't even notice it anymore. The modern church, we took the prayer rails out of the church. And I've discovered something. When we took the prayer rails out of the church, the church stopped praying. Some of you don't even know what those rails mean. Your kids don't know what those rails mean. That wasn't an accident. Those rails aren't up there to keep you from falling. It is to aid you to fall on your knees. I grew up in church that when you came to church, everybody came to the altar and prayed. Kids included. That's how they learned how to pray in church. We come in church and gossip. And then when we hear a certain key on the keyboard, we're looking up for God to move. And God said, I ain't got time. Is this helping anybody at all? So did you go to 69? Look at 30. I will praise the name of God with a song. 
and will magnify him with thanksgiving. This is worship. This is worship. The Psalms is saying you worship God with your mind, with your mouth, and with your money. That you worship God. He's talking about worship. And he says you worship with your mind. In other words, you can't be saying something out of your mouth and your mind is, is somewhere else. And you can't open your mouth and say something and your heart's not in it. You're just talking. And one sure way that God really have all of you is when he's got your money. Cool, Jesus. Because your money is his money. Ooh, Jesus. Start acting like it's not and see what happens. Everything I got and my kids know it. Everything I got, God gave it to me. And if he asks for it, I don't have a right to withhold it. Because if he truly gave it to me, he can ask for it. And if I don't think it's mine, it's not a struggle to let it go. And when you have that kind of heart toward God, God promised that he will, he will release a deluge of blessings over your life because God is always wanting to bless somebody, but to bless somebody, he's got to do it through somebody. And I'll be the candidate. I'll be the candidate. And I won't tell you all my business, but I do something every month, and I've been doing it for years. For years, because I acknowledge he blessed me to be a blessing. Glory to God. And if you're upset about it, you're going to be more upset because there's a greater blessing that's coming my way. You should be saying the same thing. So we worship with our mind, our mouth, and our money. Amen. Stand to your feet. Let's close it out. Psalms 100. You can't sit down on this. If you can sit down on this, you need to get saved. I'm going to give an order call in a minute. Psalms 100. Our time is gone. How many of you believe the Bible? Can I see your hands? How many of you are doers of the word and not just hearers only? That's over half of you. Praise God. Look what he says. Ready? Psalms 100, verse number one. This is powerful. Make a joyful shout to the Lord. Is that what your Bible says? Some of you have shout or some of you have noise. Huh? In other words, this kind of praise, you can't be silent. In other words, this kind of praise, other folk are going to know that you're praising something or somebody. Make a joyful noise or shout to the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Some of you got in your Bible sadness. 
but serve the Lord with gladness. Serve the Lord with gladness. So you can't serve the Lord with sadness. So if you're sad, you're not serving the Lord because you have to serve him with gladness. And it's easy to be glad when you remain thankful. Come before his presence with singing. And he didn't ask the requirements of could you sing? But everybody that had breath should be singing to the Lord. Do you know you can become so thankful and so full that you will start singing without even recognizing it? That you can get so happy that you just start singing and nobody want to hear you singing but you and God. But you're singing because you're so full. When I think of the goodness of Jesus, it makes me want to sing praises to Almighty God. Know that the Lord, that he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. That's why I can give anything he asked for. Because everything I had, he made it happen. I'm only covetous and tight with it when I think I did it alone. It's mine. And when you say it's yours, you're canceling God. You're saying, I did this minus God. And God says, okay, since you say you did it without me, I want to see how long you can keep it without me. Mm. We are his people and the sheep of his pastures. Enter into his gate with thanksgivings. That's how you're to come in the church doors. You're not to come in the church doors talking small talk, talking about the NBA finals. I wonder if he or she's going to be here today. I wonder what song Minister Phillips done chose. I hope and pray he done chose my song. That's not how you're to come in. You're not to come in heavy and defeated. You're approaching the king who can answer any problem that you have. And the reason, Minister Jones, we struggle with what I'm saying here is because coming to church, we don't understand kingdom. We understand church, but we don't understand kingdom. Who Jesus. And that when we come in this place, we are coming to fellowship with the king of the kingdom that we are a part of. And there's nothing that our king doesn't have. The earth is the Lord's. Talking about our king. And the fullness thereof. Talking about our king. The cattle on a thousand hills all the silver, talking about our king, and all the gold, it belongs to our king. There's no responsibility that I have that he can't help me to step up to the plate. Talking about my king. 
this blessing anybody? And to enter his courts with praise. Be thankful, not for. Be thankful to him. The Lord has done too much for you, Sister Anderson. For you not to be thankful to him. God, you could have left me in the pit. You could have left me in the muck and the mire. You could have left me at the bar stool. You could have left me hung out on drugs. You could have left me with my mind jacked up. But when I cried out to you, yeah. oh, Jesus, be thankful to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. For the Lord is good. He says, I am whatever you call me. Go to three people and tell them, the Lord is good to me. <laughs> He'll be whatever you call him. The, the Lord is good to me. Come on, tell him, talk to him like he's really good. The Lord is good to me. Yes, sir. The Lord, Mr. Huey, the Lord is good to me. To my e-church, the Lord is good. Not just to me, he's good to us. And his truth and his truth shall endure to all generations. Make a decision right now. Would you bow your heads? More importantly, would you bow your hearts? Would you make a decision today, right now, to be determined to always give God praise and to give him thanks? Ephesians 5.20 gives us the answer. It says the fullness of the Spirit will produce a life of thankfulness. So I pray tonight that you and I, that we stay full of the Spirit. Because when we stay full of the Spirit, we will automatically stay and maintain and remain in an attitude of thankfulness. I'm not looking at somebody else. I'm just celebrating thanking God for what he's done for me. And if the Lord hadn't been on my side, my friend that I grew up with back east, he made a song. He said, I never would have made it. And that's my testimony tonight. Sound like it's somebody else's testimony in this room. I never would have made it if the Lord had not been on my side. Can somebody say amen? Thank you for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give generously and make this ministry outreach possible. Click the link in the description to give now or visit hcio.org slash podcast for more information. Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Even tag us on social media at Harvest Church KC. Thanks again for listening.